thinking of starting a podcast? Well, try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy, Mac. And today we're here to talk a little best and worst case scenarios in regards to the Cleveland Cavaliers playoff chances. We're not here to talk awards or statistical output. That'll be later on, maybe another episode. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Number one, let's talk best case scenarios. In the number one spot, we have the Milwaukee Bucks who lost P.J. Tucker this offseason, but they still have the reigning champion in Giannis Antetokounmpo. So we'll go ahead and keep them there. I think they'll be right back in title contention. Our number two team would be probably the Brooklyn Nets. And the number two team could easily be number one. But by virtue of health, which is a big factor in your t- anytime you're talking about the Brooklyn Nets because of the trio of James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant, while talented, each in his own right, two former MVPs, one of them is an NBA champion himself, they have struggled to stay on the court at the same time. In fact, that was part of why they were unable to make it in the championship to the championship round last season, if you ask me. A lot of people had Brooklyn penciled in to win the title last year. But health is such a big factor anytime you're talking about those three guys. You know, you just... You really just have to, you know, cross your fingers and hope that they stay healthy. Outside of those guys, you know, they retain the services of Blake Griffin, which is big. They brought back LaMarcus Aldridge, who came out of medical retirement, which is also another big thing. So and they have a a lot of good pieces off the bench. They did lose Spencer Dinwiddie to the Washington Wizards, but I think they'll be fine. Anytime you have that much talent in your starting lineup, the the reserve guys and the guys you surround them with just kind of take, you know, secondhand in regard to that. So those are the top two teams, and they're easily interchangeable depending upon health. Number three for me would probably be the Philadelphia 76ers. While they retain the services of one Joel Embiid, who's possibly the best big man in the game, they are on the fence right now about Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons sounds like he doesn't want to play for the 76ers anymore. So that is going to factor big time in how good this team can be. Outside of those two guys, they lost Dwight Howard. Uh, they lost <clears throat> George Hill. So those are two big time additions. Howard, you know, went back to the Lakers. And to me, that that makes them even better. But we're not here to talk about the West, right? Uh, they did manage to add Andre Drummond in his place, which is, you know, a lot of people rag on Drummond, but for what he does, as long as he sticks to his role, he can be highly impactful. He's still one of the better, perhaps best rebounders in the game. And they added Grant Riller. He was a really interesting prospect. 
So those are the top three teams, in my opinion. When you get down to uh, this next team, you know, really teams four through ten, in my opinion, are really hard to decipher where the placement of these teams is going to be just because the East as a whole took a massive leap forward. So I'm just going to play, you know, a a little guessing game here. So for me, the top four, you know, locked in with this team is going to be the Atlanta Hawks. I think Trey Young will be right back at it again. I think he is going to be motivated fresh off of missing the All-Star game last year. You know, anytime you bring him into the fold, it's going to be some fireworks. (laughs) It's definitely going to be a fun time. They kept John Collins. They still have Clint Capella. They still have Bogdanovich. They have Kevin Herter. They have Kim Reddish. They got a lot of pieces, a lot of pieces. So I'm interested to see how well they do this season. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of Trey Young just because of his play style, I hate the hunting fouls bullshit. I just don't like it. But still, you would have to be crazy to think that Trey Young isn't as talented as he really actually is. So those are the top four teams. Bucks. Nets, <clears throat> Philly, and the Hawks to me. Number five team be the Boston Celtics. While they did lose Kimball Walker, they did lose Evan Fournier, they did lose Tristan Thompson, they managed to add Dennis Schroeder, and they still feature one of the best um, best duos, best young duos really in the league in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, both who just made the all-star game this past season and they also added Al Horford who had played some of his best basketball in Boston so they're going to be a team to look out for at number six I have the New York Knicks who the aforementioned Evan Fournier and Kimball Walker are now a part of crazy how that works huh uh, New York managed to retain the services of most of its key free agents, a la Derek Rose and Alec Burks. They did lose Reggie Bullock to the Dallas Mavericks, but I think they're going to be fine, especially considering those additions really are going to stip, uh, tip the scales in their favor. That, uh, along with continued development from uh, really just an all-around great player in Julius Randle, and hopefully more from R.J. Barrett. They're going to be a scary team. They're really going to be probably a dark horse team in the East this season. So they could really definitely go up. So I think that, what is that, six teams now? Now we're looking it to the, uh, the, the six to ten range. Well, um, seven to ten range. So we have here the Toronto Raptors who added Scotty Barnes. Did lose Kyle Lowry, but they added Goran Dragic. So, I, I mean... Toronto Raptors, to me, they're going to be a toss-up. Pascal Siakam is a really good player, but it remains to be seen whether he can be the best player on a championship-winning squad. Because while the Raptors did win the chip um, just a few short seasons ago, that was with Kawhi Leonard at the helm. So really, we don't know. I mean, Fred Van Vliet is a, is a pretty good guard in his own right. He just got paid not too long ago. You know, you still have Siakam, like I said. They brought in Dragic. They brought in Barnes. Who knows? You know, the, what, who knows what the future holds for the uh, for the Raptors. But outside of them, you have the Miami Heat, who really could be a uh, – they could elevate their chances this season. They still have Jimmy Butler. Uh, they added Kawhi uh, – <laughs> oh, my God. I was getting ready to say Kawhi later. They added Kyle Lowry. They added Micah Potter. P.J. Tucker is now there. He uh, fled from Milwaukee to join the uh, 
the heat and the uh, no pun intended in Miami. So good for them. Markeith Morris is now a Miami Heat player. They did lose Andre Iguodala. They did lose Goran Rogers. They lost Kendrick Nunn. They lost Precious Achua. So they, they lost some some key guys, but they also reloaded. So going to be very interested to see how well they perform uh, this upcoming season. Outside of them, you have the uh, Charlotte Hornets, who are going to factor pretty heavily into discussions for the playoffs. You know, anytime you feature LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier in your uh, in your starting lineup, you're starting in a good place. I think they still have Gordon Hayward. They added Ish Smith. They added uh, <clears throat> Mason Plumlee. They added Kelly Oubre. They'll be fine. I think that they're going to be in playoff hunt. So, you know, what, what we're looking at here, we, we, we already have a good amount of playoff hopefuls this season and we're still adding more right so let's talk about the chicago bulls who had one of the better off seasons in recent memory and adding lonzo ball adding uh, demar Derozan, adding alice caruso to a roster that already featured zach levine and nikola vucevic i mean if that is not a playoff team i don't know what the hell is <laughs> they're they're going to be pretty pretty deep this year i think they lost what uh thaddeus young and Thomas Sedaransky, they'll be fine. I, I I honestly think that this team could challenge to be a top four team in the East this season, making a pretty uh pretty big leap. But it remains to be seen. I'm just like I said, I'm I'm just glad to see so much parity in this league this upcoming season. While the East still might not be the better conference, they definitely got very much improved additions this season. So we'll we'll have to see how things kind of play out. And so I think that's 10, right? So we have the uh, the Bucks, we got the Bulls, we got the Celtics, we got the Nets, we got Philadelphia, we got the Knicks, we got the Hawks, we got the Hornets, we got the Heat, and we got the Raptors. That is 10 teams right there. Those are 10 playoff hopefuls. Missing from that list is the Cleveland Cavaliers. So let's talk about this. Best case scenario for the Cavs is, in my opinion, this season to knock out one of the ninth or 10th seeded teams in regards to seeding. So they would have to leapfrog somebody. My opinion, and like I said, this is just, this is all a a guesstimate on how playoff seeding might look. All these teams that I just listed, they could finish anywhere in the, in, uh, in regards to rock, uh, playoff seeding. So if I had to pick a team to possibly for, for Cleveland to leapfrog, it would probably be the Toronto Raptors to me. Uh, I just think Cleveland, you know, with the additions that they have made, you know, you look at uh, drafting Evan Mobley, trading for Ricky Rubio, although it did cost the Cavs Torin Prince, who was due to be on an expiring deal. I think that, uh, the team is moving in the right direction. So you got, they added Mobley, they added Rubio, they added Denzel Valentine, they signed Kevin Pangos, and they traded for Lori Markkinen. It did cost them hometown favorite Larry Nance, but these are types of trades you have to make if you're really trying to make the team better. So, you know, if you're really, if you're really thinking about 
making the team better, you have to put aside personal feelings, which is, you know, it's tough for a lot of Cleveland fans because a lot of time that's all we have. You know, we're a small market club. You know, we don't attract the the biggest free agents. And that was the, really the name of the game for Cleveland this season, wasn't it? I mean, people were wanting so much for the front office, you know, Kobe Altman and company to not sit on their hands and let free agency pass them by without acquiring a talent. Well, we really don't even know what happened. We don't know what kind of discussions were made. You know, obviously, Kevin Love is still on the roster. You still have, you know, that you still have a couple of the veterans that, fans would like to see trade away a la jetty osman you just don't know i mean we were not in these rooms we don't know what these discussions are like we don't know what trades are being offered and you know pulling the trigger on a larry nance deal was probably one of the better things that the Cavs had the chances at uh improving the roster and doing he was really one of the most valuable trade chips that the team had and i can't blame them i mean they really shouldn't be sacrificing any more draft capital so why not swing for the fences and add a guy like Lori Marketing, who will be just 24 when the season starts, if I'm not mistaken, um, can still fit the team's current timeline, can provide a scoring punch in either the starting lineup or off the bench. It's going to be fine. You know, I think the team has a bright future. Um, but in relation to what we're talking about right now, I think if they're going to make it into the playing game, which is best case scenario, I think they would have to knock out, you know, one of the ninth or tenth seeds and I uh, see the teams. And I think Toronto is probably going to be there uh, and and the Char- the Charlotte Hornets who were just there this past season. So one of those two teams, I think that's how uh, that that's best case scenario for the Cavaliers moving forward. Now, worst case scenario to me it has nothing to do with record. It has nothing to do with finishing in last place. It's everything to do with making the play in game. So if best case scenario is making it, worst case scenario conversely then to me is not making it. Going into number 4, uh year number 4 of the current rebuild, you got to have progress. And progress to me, we are past seeing, you know, a small uptick in wins. This team has got to get to the playoffs or the playing game somehow. I think it's definitely possible. I do. Anybody who follows me on Twitter on uh, at iscavalier underscore pod or on my personal Twitter, Devron Perry, y'all know how high I am on this Cavs team. You know, maybe I'm too optimistic. Maybe I'm too positive. But I think they definitely have a chance to make it. It's just going to come down to simple, you know, simple health and a little bit, a little bit of luck on Cleveland's part. So, um, you know, worst case scenario to me is them not making the playing game. That would be a huge deal in regards to whether or not you're going to re-sign Colin Sexton, you know, or you're going to blow up the roster. And if you're going to keep Kobe Altman and JB Bickerstaff, because to me, that's a package deal right there. If the Cavs do not make the playing game, I can almost guarantee you that neither Kobe Altman or JB Bickerstaff will still be uh, with the Cavs organization. I mean, that might sound like a bold claim, but I, I just think that's the that's the lay of the land. Uh, J.B. Biggerstaff, if things aren't going right, you know, midseason, we could see a move. Although I, I don't advocate for that. I never advocate for that. I really think he should get the season to see how things play out. I just don't know if it's a feasible thing to hold on to him if the Cavs miss the playing game. So there you have it. That is the best and worst case scenarios 
uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers this upcoming season, in my opinion. By no means does that mean that this is true. By no means am I saying that any, excuse me, any of the teams that I uh, that I named today are going to finish in any one of these seeds. But I do think that is uh, that's my best estimate. Those teams that I listed and the scenarios that I provided that is a fair estimation, in my opinion. Um, the other the other five teams here, or the other four teams, rather, you know, the Washington Wizards, the uh, <clears throat> the Indiana Pacers, the Orlando Magic, and Detroit Pistons, I just don't think they added enough. I do think Kate Cunningham is going to end up being a generational talent for Detroit. I just don't think they, they've done enough. Um, Washington lost Russell Westbrook, so... To me, although they added, you know, Dinwiddie, Coos, uh, Harold, Pope, and Aaron Holiday, those are solid additions. I just don't think it's enough to get them into playing range. Um, you know, Indiana, same. You know, same. I just don't think there's enough there to get them over that uh, that hump of teams that are already well established. So we'll have to see how things play out. Uh, I'll say it one last time. Best case scenario is making the playing game as a nine or ten seed. Worst case scenario is missing the playing game entirely. Uh, with that being said, I'm gonna just you know I'll say what I always say. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, and now YouTube, you can do so at iscavalier underscore pod. You know I love to hear your feedback. Also, please leave a rating and review, even if it is a bad review. It helps me grow. It helps me better my content. And as a content creator, I'm sure that you guys could understand how much goes into the craft of doing this. It takes time, it takes effort, and your opinion is definitely, you know, helpful. So leave a rating, leave a review, contribute any way you know how, and have a good day.